Thank you, Jesus. There is a war, and it is a good war, because we fight the fight of faith, and you are with us, and it's faith that overcomes. The faith is the victory that overcomes the world. We thank you, Jesus, that you took on the enemy yourself at Calvary, and you defeated him through your death and resurrection. And thank you, Lord, that when you defeated him, you also got victory over death. And I thank you, Lord, for giving us power over all the power of the enemy, power to believe you, power to know that you love us, power to know that you will never leave us or forsake us, power and revelation through which we can build a foundation of faith, knowing that you are good, you are faithful. You are faithful. That's why we can have faith. And I thank you, Lord, for uh, drawing us in, giving us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to receive today, that revelation of truth with hope. Father God, and with um, works that follow. Father God, I thank you. We take authority over the enemy, the enemy of this nation, the enemy of the world that's trying to swallow up the righteous, swallow up the remnant, swallow up the people of God, swallow up creation. Father God, we say no. We put a stop to it in the name of Jesus Christ. You said, stand in having done all to stand. So therefore we stand against the powers of darkness that have kept the veils over the eyes of so many that they don't see faith. They, they don't have faith. They don't know anything except what they're told to know. And I thank you, Jesus, that you give us now your wisdom and we thank you for divine protection and breakthroughs, Father God, that the enemy's plan for our families, for our lives, for our health, for our safety, for all of it will not prevail. Lord, I thank you for your faithfulness, your goodness. I thank you, Jesus. You are victorious in all this, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're going to be talking some more about faith. We kind of started that last week, and we're going to keep going. Uh, Faith is a big issue, and I was just thinking as we were putting this together today, the Lord kind of gave me a little parable. And so I think we'll start with the parable and then we'll go on and get more into the meat of the word. So, you know, I've always talked about believing versus knowing. And I, and I declare that there is a distinction between believing something and knowing it. You can believe it. You can hope it's there. You can believe that road works to get you home. But if you know the road that gets you home, you know something that you know, and you then can trust that. So, you know, actually, all of us, I'll put myself in this place, I've always had some trouble believing or holding faith firm in my mind, and so have you, because our minds are vulnerable to the enemy, you know, because it's part of the soul. So with your mind, you think, and by very virtue of thinking, you're saying, I think, which means I'm not sure. Um, but my mind, your mind, our minds are like a room with several doors. Think about it. The doors that are open to, you know, possibilities, options, considerations. We think about that, you know, the problem is in the room with us and now we've got to go and figure out how to fix it. And so these come, um, these, these doorways, we look through the doors, just find a consideration or a solution to the problem or the current dilemma. However, the mind then entertains a lot of ideas just by that very fact. Come through those doors, thoughts, ideas, distractions, um, other people's opinions, uh, pressure, uh, you know, public opinion. All kinds of things come through the doors of our mind to uh, that are actually unprofitable guests. You know, they're they're invited to be in this room with me, but I must discern which one of those ideas, solutions, uh, explanations, declarations are from God, and which ones are futile 
or the work of the enemy or the work of the counterfeiter or the work of, 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 you know, mainstream media. I have to know this. And the only way I know this is not through my mind. I have to know that I can know through my spirit. And it's my, it's God's spirit bearing witness with my spirit that helps me to sort out the guests, the inv- those are who've been uh, entered into the room of my mind who bring solutions that are futile, that are ungodly, that are fearful. And so the mind can, is, is just kind of like a room with doors and whatever you allow to come into that room, you have to sort it out. Um, and just, and, and, you know, those thoughts have to stand up. Ultimately, the decisions of the mind have to come into agreement with the spirit of God, his spirit bearing witness with our spirit so that we can know stuff. <clears throat> and then when you know stuff, then you know stuff. Amen. Yeah. And that's really the definition of faith. If you look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse one, I'm going to read from the Amplified Bible. It says, now faith is the assurance, the title deed, the confirmation of things hoped for, the divine, divinely guaranteed, and the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their reality. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. Mm-hmm. For by this kind of faith, the men of old gained divine approval. And it's interesting, it starts out here in verse 3 of Hebrews 11, by faith that is with an inherent trust and an enduring confidence in the power, wisdom, and goodness of God. There you go. So That's it, the foundation of faith. Is this, it, the foundation <coughs> is, is, is power. God. It, it's confidence in the power and the goodness and the faithfulness of God. Well, your faith in something is only as good as what you have faith in. Right, the foundation. I mean, if you have faith in someone that's a liar, you're going to be very disappointed. If you have faith in a broken chair, you're probably going to end up on the floor too. So the thing is, with knowing this, that our faith is in God, the eternal God, the creator of the universe, that cannot lie and will complete everything he's promised and he's faithful to complete it, Really, that is our our faith is really simply then a demonstration, our, uh, of uh, it's faith is demonstrated through our obedience to the promises of God. So once you know the promises of God and you know that God doesn't lie, you know that God is good. God is the true creator, and and you have nothing really left to worry about once you know that you know that God is good and that you know that you're loved by Him. I think part of the problem is with faith. Faith works by love. In Galatians it says, but if we don't know that we are loved then we're always just hoping and, and kind of standing on the edges and, 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 and hoping that somehow things will work out. When in we can know that we're loved, you can step into the middle of the room and declare God is good all the time, God is faithful, and, and once you know what the Holy Spirit wants you to believe for, then it's a done deal. Now, here's, there are many problems to this, but we'll get to that in a minute. Well, uh, the obstacles to faith, but go ahead, Jerry. Yeah, well, Jesus said in, in Mark eleven twenty two, Jesus answered and said to them, "Have faith in God." Right. No, I mean that's let, the bottom let's line. Ta- let's just look at that statement there by itself. Have faith in God. Yeah. We're not to have faith in a religious system or ourselves. We're not to have faith mm-hmm. in ourselves. Mm-hmm. We're not to have faith in uh, other people. Their words are promises. Uh, uh, yeah. Because. Only God is true and honest, and in control of everything, and, and, and in control, and and we can trust his his character totally mm-hmm. uh, to what he has promised. He is able and willing, and he will fulfill in but, his time and his way. And and but 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 we also see what Jesus said in Luke eighteen eight. 
uh, when he asked the question, when he comes back, will he really find faith on the earth? Um, you know, because what we're in now, these days of confusion and options and unbelief and virtual reality and every other lie opinion, opinion, laid opinion. upon every other lie and the strategy of Satan is just simply to confuse and deceive. The only foundation that you're going to be able to stand on is not what other people are saying, not what research or science are telling you, but what God is saying in his word, which he said from the beginning. But Jesus here with this question actually gives us an insight into what the end days are going to look like. Are there going to be people who have faith uh, and is he going to find any faith? And what kind of faith would Jesus be looking for? He would be looking for faith in the Father, faith in his word, faith in uh, the things that he has provided for us, faith in his death on the cross and, and his salvation, faith in him. That's what he's going to be looking for. And that's the only place we can rest now. The rest of everything else is it, up for, it's, it, it's like it, they say in the, in the world, it's a crapshoot. Totally shoot. corrupt, yeah. It, <laughs> I don't know if that's every, a good way to put it, but that's what it is. Well, everything out there is so false. We're bar- bombarded with lies, deception. It, it's, it's a well, sickening swell of evil that is multiplying very rapidly in yeah, the earth. Yeah, but, and, and from every direction, this, these influences are coming. But what lo- the Lord is looking for people who know Him uh-huh. and trust Him. So mm-hmm. if you if you really trust Him, you, you know you, Him. You'll know you, Him. You yeah, have that have inner conviction by definition. Uh, the evidence of things not seen. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a conviction. It's an absolute inner certainty that we know that we know that we know that we can count right. on the Lord God Himself. So in. in uh, Again, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3, we have a very interesting, um, I don't know, I suppose you call it a conundrum. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. So in other words, he's saying faith, this is a parallel, this is a uh, proof, if you will, that faith is not always visible it's it, we are the you know the the molecules this what he's really talking about here is molecular structures and atoms because the things that are seen like your table and your chair and your 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 house are that you're they're seen but they're made by things that are not seen which are your molecules and atoms and whatnot and so god is already saying there that you can't go by with what things look like because if you did that you wouldn't see what's really behind all of that but a commenting jerry on what you just said a few minutes ago about will you find faith on the earth um, one of the problems that we're seeing now is the the obstinate denial and blindness. I believe that the thing that's happened is that the a veil has been put over the eyes, over the understanding, over the minds of people who have refused the love of the truth. And this is about the most absolute terrifying place you can possibly be in in that you and you decide things are going to be the way they look and the way you're told they're going to look and the way society says they're going to be and you 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 refuse and you you refuse to to consider any other option you refuse the word of god you refuse to just you you're going to go with what you feel like what faith it says the just shall live by faith not by their feelings and not by their emotions and not by or their perceptions of reality. Yeah, but if that veil is over your eyes or the eyes of your loved ones, which it is for many of us, we're just terrified to see how that veil just causes them to not be able to see or even know that they're blind. They don't. It's it's like the blind leading the blind, and Jesus said they're going to both fall into the ditch and just well, let them go. Well, he said if you think you see, 
mm-hmm. and you're blind, you're, you've got great br- blindness. How great is that? How great is that? How if, great is yeah. that darkness? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so... If the, this is how it goes. If the light that is in you be darkness, be darkness. How, how great, great is, is that, that dark- darkness? In other because words, yeah. because you think you understand things, but you're so totally far away from it. Yeah. And that's the thing is too, is there's an... There, and then we get defensive over our, 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 our ideas, our opinions, uh, the way it is, the traditions, the way we learned it. And we don't want to give it up. We just refuse to give up our... Because we're afraid, really. We're afraid that if I go off the shore... And and dump jump into the water, I will die. And so we just hold on to our traditions, and and we just die, not knowing we're loved, not knowing God's word is powerful, not knowing God is faithful, not knowing God is good. We're just we're just holding on for dear life to fear. Right, and Satan has basically brainwashed the world, and Absolutely. only only the truth of God, only a revelation of God mm, and true. of Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. Can can bring people out of this. So it's 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 like Satan has got this world. Blinded. The whole world, it says it's in First John, is under the sway of uh-huh. the wicked it's one. Blinded by and the so evil one. Only, only the power of God can break through that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we've talked about you know people. Sometimes you talk to them. And they're just, they got that look in their faces like, you're not getting through to them. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the, one what of the does things. it take? It takes, yeah. it takes a revelation of God to get people to even consider yeah. what the truth is. Well, in Romans chapter uh, 11, Paul is talking about, you know, faith. I mean, he's talking about grace versus works. And he's talking about a stupor that is put upon mm-hmm. those people who refuse his gospel, the gospel of, of grace, the, the gift of salvation, the gospel of grace and good news, when they refuse that and they hold on to their old uh, traditions, you know, the washing of cups and pitchers and the circumcision. And I know today we don't do all that, but we have some of the very, very same things with our traditional, um, you know, churches and our, our routines and things that we think are honoring to God. We don't even put a mind, we don't even think of what we're going through. We just go through the motions of everything. Mm-hmm. But here the ultimate is, it says, um, they, the, it says, but what then? Israel has not obtained what it seeks, but the, the elect have obtained it, and the rest were hardened. The elect are the ones who have been chosen and have been uh, responded to the, that call to receive the revelation of Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit, through the revelation of his, you know, the, the Holy Spirit knows everything. And, and he has gifts of words of knowledge and wisdom and prophecy and all kinds of things. And only people who are really walking in the Holy Spirit and are under his counsel are going to be able to see or know ahead of time what's really going on. However, the whole world is sucked up into this to know more that came through the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So everybody is always wanting to know more, learn more, more research, more you know, you know, surveys, more polls, no. more whatever, and they don't really ever end, end up knowing anything more. All they know is that they are they're they're deceived into thinking. But when you're hardened, when you're hardened and the spirit of stupor is upon you, they have eyes that don't work, eyes that cannot see, ears that cannot hear. And so if you're hardened in your heart and you don't have a tender mercy towards God or his people or what's going on, or you don't have a, a, a passion to pray or to, um, to, to, to bow the knee and, and com- confess the sin and repent, uh, and, you know, if you don't have that, if you don't have that tenderness towards God, you are hardened. And hardness, of course, is going to make faith impossible. Because only the people who love and passion were able to give up their lives in Hebrews chapter 11, you know, being thrown to the lions or being rescued mm-hmm. from the lions. And the interesting thing about Hebrews 11, some were rescued and some were 
from the lions and some were eaten by the lions, but it doesn't matter. They were all in the hall of faith because the outcome was God's. The outcome was ultimately whether they were tested to the max where they left, lost their lives or they were tested to the max where the king came and opened up the den and the, the Daniel got taken out. It, it, it shouldn't matter to us because either way, whatever God's plan is for our life, we prevail, we win because God is faithful. But the thing is, people are hung up on the lies. They're hung up on their own opinions. They're hung up on tradition. They're hung up on, they don't even know their heart. You know, hardening of the arteries, for example, you don't know that that's happening until, you know, you get some special tests or you have a stroke or whatever. You really, it's a subtle killer. It's a subtle thing. And so is this hardening of, of the heart towards God. It's a subtle thing. And you need to look around and say, how, how alive am I? Pinch your skin. Are you still, can you still feel? Or are you, um, you know, dead, hardened and, and deceived? The only thing that will bring you out of that is crying out to God and then crying out for a revelation from his word and start to read the word. The word of God is that, is that's our basis of faith. It's the promises of God. If you uh, know Jesus Christ as your, I mean, really know, not know about him, but you know him personally. Yeah, and he's working in your life. And he's working in your life. You have a hunger for the for his word. You're, you're, you're walking in the truth, walking in the spirit. Your heart is totally for, for, for Jesus Christ and mm-hmm. fulfilling his will. Uh, you're a you're a rare bird. You're a rare. <laughs> you're part of the remnant, bird. is what you you're are. You're part of the the yeah. remnant. No, remnant is kind of what's left over. The leftover. Okay. Yeah, the so so the you know, thank God. Just thank God if you, you are. if you mm-hmm. know Jesus. Yeah. Thank God every day that you do. That there yeah. was a time where you didn't know Him, mm-hmm. and there's people around you. You have family members, friends, coworkers that are just. You, you get frustrated, your heart breaks because they just can't see. Then They're you have seen. to have faith for them by yeah. going to the Lord God and knowing this, that God loves them very, very much, yeah. just as much as he loves you, and that you go back to the Father, you make petition before the court of heaven, you forgive them. I think the key is to forgive them, release them from your judgment for being hardened and being stupefied, mm-hmm. and, and, and you turn these crimes committed against your loved ones because it is a crime. Satan has put a veil over their head. Yep. You don't want them lost. So you go to the court and you say, God, I forgive my mother, my father, my sister, whatever. I release them from my judgment for for being so ignorant and so um, dead and so uh, swept up and deceived into this whole mess. I forgive them. And I ask that the court would now rule in favor of releasing them from these delusions and deceptions and the veils over their eyes that you, Father God, would remove that veil and because Jesus died for them and mm. that the demons who have lied to them and deceived them would be removed and would be uh, exposed and that these people would somehow, the it, it only takes one revelation from Jesus Christ mm-hmm. to break through this veil. But I want to say a couple more things about in James. You know, people talk about faith, they talk about works. How do those two work together? Well, the thing is, James had it pretty much figured out in James chapter two, where he says in verse 14, and this is the key too. We don't just have faith, but our faith works. There are things that come out of our faith. Uh, I do things by faith, uh, by faith. And I pray, I pray for my relatives by faith. Okay. But so there's a work that your faith is going to be doing to get um, the job done for God. And we're here, you know, we're, we're blessed, but we can't sit around with, and oh, I'm so blessed. We have to go out now and help other people who don't know um, and That's are right. not ready to meet the Lord. So anyway, verse 14, what does it profit my brethren if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save us? In other words, how are you going to prove your faith 
Um, I believe faith, our obedience, our obedience to the word of God is the demonstration of our faith. I'll say that again. Our obedience to the word of God is the demonstration of our faith. So we're not, we're not saved by works, but we're saved by faith that works. That's right, exactly. Uh, so if a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to him, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does that profit? In other words, it's just a lot of hot air is what it is. Um, it's just your pious, you know, I'm going to get rid of my guilt by telling you, you know, be warmed and filled and go find something somewhere else. Verse 17, Thus also faith by itself does not, if it does not have works, is dead. So faith has to have some expression and some outcome, some fruit. Uh, and we say that that, wor- that, could be, that could be, you know, good deeds. It could be, but your good deeds, like Jerry said, doesn't save you. What it does is it's, a, it's the power of the faith in action. When your faith believes God, then many things change. Many things are turned around. Veils are taken off of people's heads. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. So that is really a very practical way to prove whether or not you have faith. It's not because you work so hard to get it and earn it and you and God owes you this thing, but you have worked so hard just to believe God, to rest in God. And then he says, he goes on to say, well, you guys know this, that do you, uh, do you believe there's one God? Yeah, yeah. He says, well, you know, you do well, uh, but even the demons believe that, you know, and they tremble. They have more faith and reverence in God, but, but their faith is not doing any good works. They're not doing any good works with it, but they do have faith in God and they know that God is going to wrap it up and throw them away someday. There's a big difference between believing in God mm-hmm. and believing God. Well, and I think that we should talk for a second in Galatians, for example, there were, there's, there's been so, if you go back to the King James, the old King James, you'll see some subtle changes that have been made in that uh, word in Galatians, I think is, um, they talk about in the old King James, the faith of Jesus Christ. And in the, in the new King James, the faith in Jesus Christ. Now these are actually two very different things. When I have the faith of Jesus Christ, that means I can use Jesus's faith to, to finish, you know, he says, you can have faith as a grain of mustard seed. And that's enough because you, because what that does, that, that little seed of mustard of faith that you have, Jesus can add his bushel seeds of mustard faith and get the job done. So I, you know, I can't build the whole bridge but I can, I can, I can touch God's heart, and He can build the bridge, and His faith will do it. But if we have faith in Jesus, that is like, okay, that's up to me now. And then we go back to my mind and the rooms of my mind, and do I have enough faith? And that's where the problem is in your mind. When you have all these doors, all these options, all these possibilities of fixing this or that or solving a problem, and you have all these opinions that come in through these doors, and you know it all rests on you. Can I, can I, uh, you know, you know, faith, do I have enough faith in Jesus to be saved? You know, that was my problem. I don't know how much faith do you have to have in Jesus to be saved? Well, you really don't need to have faith in Jesus because it is the faith of Jesus that, that you receive. You receive his faith that causes you to be saved. It's his faith. When he died on the cross, it was his faith that he believed his father that all this was going to accomplish something. This, this death and, 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 and torment and suffering and scourging was all going to bring forth for you and I things that we needed, health, healing, hope, salvation, gifts. He had faith in his father, and it is now through his faith, the faith of Jesus, that got all this stuff for us, that we can actually receive this stuff 
uh, by faith and, 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 and knowing, but it all goes down to faith, which works by love, knowing that you're loved, knowing that God doesn't lie, knowing that God is good all the time. And remember, if God is not good all the time, he's not really good at all because you don't That's know right. what times he's not good. So stop trying to figure out, you know, and, and many of us, we have to, first of all, put the devil in the equation and think of your, of God as a father and put in, and remember father's uh, uh, have to discipline their children. They have to train their children. They have to protect their children. And sometimes the children don't get it and they get mad. They get upset. They, you know, they think dad's picking on them, blah, blah, blah. But we have a good heavenly father. So we want you to be encouraged today to walk in faith. Please, you know, if you, you know, there are many obstacles to faith, obviously, um, you know, uh, what we unbelief, see, what double-mindedness, we unanswers to, uh, unanswered prayer, uh, all of these things and, and other, you know, the problem is a lot of times um, it's not just, you know, when you're praying for someone else, it's not just your faith. They're, they're, they can get in the way of their own answers to prayer because of their unbelief or because of sin or guilt or whatever. So when you're praying for other people, it's not just about you. It's about them and, and them knowing the truth. But I have to admire the centurion because when um, he understood when, when Jesus says, I haven't saw, seen, and he was a Roman, and, and so Jesus was saying, wow, I didn't even see, I haven't seen this kind of faith in Israel, my own people. But I see in this, this heathen guy, this, this Gentile, because why? Because the, the centurion, he said, just speak the word and my servant will be healed. Because the centurion understood authority. And this is where it goes to. We have to understand the goodness of God and the power of God, the authority of God. All of this, you know, you say, oh my God, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? You know what? Everything that we're suffering right now is underneath Sub subservient to the Most High God, so that whatever you're will, worrying about is going to happen. And oh my God, Jesus has power and control over all of it, and He can work all things together for good. And that's what we believe that He will, because He's good, and because He loves us, and because He wants to work all things together for good to those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. So the fretting and fear and wringing your hands and running to and fro and getting confused does not have to be part of your life. What needs to be part of your life is a solid uh, standing in the Word of God, reading the Word of God. Let it wash you, wash away those stupid ideas. And in the room of your mind where all of these these uh, demons, visitors, fear, worry, doubt, uh, opinions get into the room of your mind, you, you want to just send them away in the name of Jesus Christ and only entertain the Spirit of the living God in your mind. Does that make sense? Yes, and if faith is something you can think, well, it's... It's visible, or is it invisible? Well, it's invisible. You have it in your heart, but it's made visible right. by, by your works. Now, That's right. it's interesting when you remember the story of the man that was crippled. Uh, he had four friends that mm-hmm. uh, brought him to Jesus, and Jesus was preaching in the, in the house, a house there, and a uh, house typical of the that houses of that time, they had the flat roof and a stairway on the outside of the of the house, and they came up and, and tore off the roof because they couldn't get in. It was too crowded. They couldn't get in through the door or window or anything like that. It's too crowded. So he, they let him, they tear off the roof, they lower the man in front of Jesus, and it says of Jesus, when he saw their faith, yeah. he, saw he their said faith, to which the is crippled man, he said, your sins are forgiven me. You. forgiven thee for forgiven you <laughs> and and then he was he was healed and he walked out of that place but he says when he saw their faith he saw their faith was demonstrated in action 
It was it was confidence. visible. It, it was, was confidence. visible. It was confidence in the, in Jesus. They had seen other miracles. They were de- they were they, desperate, and they loved this man. They loved him as their friend, and so they he was their faith was um, motivated by their love for the man, mm-hmm. and that motivated Jesus faith with compassion to love. heal. Yeah, faith, faith works that's by right. love. In Galatians, and that was a perfect example. Chapter of that. five, verse six. So of we Galatians, have faith works through love, love. Mm-hmm. and we and have so a, the expression of faith. Is love is the is really the well, fruit of the spirit? Mm-hmm. It's the love of the Father to us and our love towards one another. So, let us not grow weary in well doing, for in due season we will reap if we do not faith faint. And that's the <laughs> yeah. deal. Is sometimes you know we're tempted to just get discouraged because yeah. it's a long haul. We pray uh-huh. and we wait and we don't see. We pray and we wait and we pray and we wait. But just keep trusting, standing, keep believing, standing, keep praising mm-hmm. because God is faithful. Uh-huh. He's amazing. He's amazing to keep his word. Yes, he's amazing, and he is in control of all things. Ultimately, all things will submit to him, including this wicked, evil world. So, Father God, we thank you that we are in good hands. That you have been gracious to keep us alive, protect us, provide food for us, even though they threaten us with everything they can threaten us with. They've tried to kill and have killed many of us, Lord God, through their devious, evil ways, Father God. But we thank you for those who are yet in the fight, who are yet um, uh, in the harvest field, that would be you who are listening today. Be take, take encouragement. If you're struggling with a tough issue in your life, maybe it's a health issue or maybe it's a financial issue, turn it over to the Lord. You're, you're God's problem. So let this be God's problem, not your problem, and just be okay. Just receive the love of God because you're fretting and your fear over the over the finances or over the the health condition, or or even taking, you know, whose who's report? Should I do the doctors? Should I do the whatever? You just rest in God. The problem belongs to the Lord. And the minute you turn that problem really over to the Lord, the, the Lord God, and let him have the problem, and it's off you, then the burden is light. Jesus said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. And then once you're in that frame of mind, you will begin to heal because your body is anxious because you don't know what to do. And you, you, you're putting it all on you, and I've got to figure it out. Please, don't go with, don't go down that road of it's up to me, and I've got to figure it out. Let, let us say, Lord, I'm sitting right down here on this road until you come and meet me. This is your burden, not mine. And Father, we thank you for divine healing for the people right now who are struggling with cancer. I, that's especially, especially in my mind, cancer. We come against the powers of darkness that have tormented their mind. First, he's had to take you out at your mind before he could get to your body. And we come against these spirits, these lying spirits of fear and anxiety and public opinion and medical solutions. We come against you in the name of Jesus Christ. And we release the faith of Jesus Christ into this person, into my brother, sister's body right now. The faith of Jesus to bring healings and miracles. Let's see it happen, Lord. We've been asking for miracles. We're declaring for some of you right now that you are getting a miracle and receive it. Don't doubt it. Don't double uh, think it. Just receive it in Jesus' name and know that you know that you know and get up and go your way because your faith has made you well. And Jesus said that many times. Be of good cheer woman or man, your faith has healed you or made you well or or set you free. So Father, let the faith of Jesus Christ go forward through these words right now to bring divine healing to the people who are listening, Father God, and releasing them from financial entanglements, Father God, homeless entanglements, whatever they are, bring them to the place of your faithfulness for you are a shelter for us in the the storm and you are our sound, uh, you are our sound mind. So Amen. God bless you. And by the way, check out Life Recovery. 
uh, liferecovery.com. We have lots of things there for you to encourage you. Uh, how about checking out Taking the Devil to Court? It's a primer on understanding how the devil works in our minds, in our lives, and how he tricks us and twists things around Taking the Devil to Court. One of the first books I wrote um, as I was coming out of working with a lot of people who were in uh, very desperate situations full of witchcraft and diseases and addictions, Taking the Devil to Court liferecovery.com. God bless you. Have a great day. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.